Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. I don't know where you happen to be in the state of Mississippi right now. I do know that because of the radar, like I've looked at the radar, and I know the entire state is not dealing with the 11th plague or the 12th plague right now. Because half an hour ago, I was driving down Jackson Avenue, and I could tell, like, like, oh, it feels like it might storm. I hear some thunder, maybe even see a little bit of lightning popping. I'm like, okay, summer thunderstorm coming up. It's going to rain for a minute. Well, it started raining. And then I was like, what is that sound? That sounds loud hitting the windshield. Oh, that's hail. And then it turned into, like, a plague-like ice storm of hail. Uh, and I just randomly like whip into a parking lot and find a bank with an awning. And I'm one of about eight cars that's, I don't know if anybody does business with that bank. It was not my normal bank, but I just pull under the awning and for like 15 minutes, like the, the, the entire parking lot is white. It looks like an ice storm. I don't know if it's doing like that in your neck of the woods, but, but heads up and be careful if it is. Are you sure that happened, or are you sure this just isn't sleep deprivation and hallucinations? Yeah. I, you know, I think I could probably turn the microphone up, and you might hear it uh, hitting the roof of the building that we're in here at the studio So, in Oxford if you well. are just now joining us on Super Talk today, I want to talk about what a maniac, what a madman Richard Cross is for a second. This is a man, I, I give him, I'm going to say this with all honesty, much harder worker than I am. Because I would not do <laughs> half of what this man done has done in the last 24 hours. But called a baseball game in Tuscaloosa that got out at 1 a.m. And I, you know, I know enough about the press to know that on the final out, he didn't just pack up and go. He's in the stadium for at least another 30, 40 minutes. Drives home to Oxford in the dead of night. Not there's not an interstate that runs Tuscaloosa to Oxford either. Yeah, that's an then, awkward drive. So, I mean, that's at least a, I, I don't know. I've never drawn t- Tuscaloosa doctor. I'm going to assume two and a half. Three hours. Three hours. So, 4 a.m., he gets home. Oh, I'm going to host the Paul Gallo show today. 6 a.m. for that. Gets mm-hmm. on there and talks politics for three hours 
which I wouldn't want to do on a fresh day. That's worse than that 2 a.m. drive from Tuscaloosa, I think. (laughs) It was actually not quite three hours because the power oh, yeah. at my house went out during the that. middle of the show, and I had somebody to quickly zapped try to a squirrel locations. on the transformer. Then does an interview with our friends over at Jocks, previewing Ole Miss football, and now is here with us. On top of he was running errands this morning. This is a man's man. I, I give Richard a lot of a grief. <laughs> I like to make fun of him. I like to say he has soft hands. Richard, Richard is a man's man. Look, look at the work this man has put in over the last 24 hours. I, I applaud you, sir. Well, thank know. you. Porky's like, don't go overboard. <laughs> Porky's like, I got the wet blanket ready. Yeah. He's got it soaking wet. Um, yeah, I think I'll sleep well tonight. I got one more day of Gallo. I'm I'm actually worried about tomorrow morning. There there was so little time to. I mean, I kind of took like an hour long nap between when I got home and when it started this morning. I'm worried about waking up tomorrow morning because I feel like I might sleep the sleep of the dead tonight, um, and and that could be a bit of an issue. But we'll we'll worry about yeah, people that. in the house. They'll wake you up. I hope so. Although I would try to not wake them up. Mike in Oxford says jet fuel is expensive. <laughs> yeah. If oh three hours, brother, if ever in my life I had wanted cross one, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, that fifteen minutes flight it. home would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Dwayne and Brandon says Richard had a squirrel problem. <laughs> Did have a squirrel problem uh, this morning. Um, what a great day. Yeah. All right. So thank you. Appreciate you recognizing that. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I, I, I guess I like talking into a microphone. <laughs> So <laughs> you must really like it. So, so uh, I like having head to pillow a little bit more than you do. I think. Yeah, yeah. we'll sleep when we're dead. Hey, Dad. I guess that's well. I, I'm ahead of that that curve. Um, and what a fun weekend though in terms of the the games that I had in uh, in Tuscaloosa. If you just if you looked at the 16 regional sites, I don't know that that's one where you would have looked at it and been like. Man, those are going to be great games. It was Alabama, Boston College, Troy, and Nichols. And and you would have been completely justified in, in doing so. When I looked at all the 16 brackets, I thought the Conway Regional looked like the most boring one. Turned out they had a great atmosphere last night, had a great game with Coastal Carolina and Duke, and they're playing a game seven on this Monday night. So um, not always judging a book by the cover maybe the way to go. I mean, we had... Nichols, Friday night pitcher. I'm going to give you a name, boys. All right? His name is Jacob Myers. You're going to watch him pitch in the SEC on Friday night last next this coming year. This coming year, wow. he will not be Nichols' Friday night pitcher. He will be a Friday night pitcher for an SEC team. Do you know which one? Not yet. Somewhere would, between where I am and where Richard is, probably, if we have to guess. I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think where you oh. are and where I am would be two great options and two willing recipients. But I think there's a guy um, really close to where he is uh, um. in Baton Rouge that uh, that might uh-huh. make it a little easier. So Think, things are happening, by the way. Yeah, they so are. You know. Things are happening on the, on the baseball Alabama. front. Southern Miss was down yeah. five to one going into okay. the bottom of the fourth, and uh, they loaded the bases. Got a hit by pitch, and there was just another. Oh my! It's, it's five, five to four, four now. 
All right. 5-4, bases loaded, nobody oh, wow. out in Auburn. Sorry, I got, I got my squeeze Southern play up. To... Good-looking group with Southern Miss fans there. Yeah, more trying Southern Miss through. fans in Auburn on a Monday than Stanford fans at their own regional all weekend. Well, I thought one of the Stanford crowds looked pretty good. Yeah, here's and that is a great example for why when you say you need to award these host sites based on geography, that's why it's stupid right there. And Stanford yeah. earned it. They earned it, so they got it. I mean, I'm saying don't force the issue. Stanford earned the right if they don't have many people show up, then they don't have many people show up. But they won that mm-hmm. based on merit. But just handing regional sites based on geography is so stupid because you will get more atmospheres like that one. I get you. I get you. All right, so they've gone to a break for a pitching change in the Southern Miss game. We'll lock in on that and uh, keep you up to date with what's happening with USM. They're a win away, by the way. After losing the regional opener, they are a win away from advancing to a super regional and facing Michael Borky's Tennessee Volunteers next weekend. Ooh, where's that going to be, by the way? Do we know? <laughs> no, I not officially, will be in but yes, we know. Say what? Oh. You don't think it'll be? You don't think it'll be in Hattiesburg? No, I don't. And they have better RPI in RPI, the end all and the be all, John Cohen. Yeah, how do uh, they decide that? So two two seeds win their regionals. Who gets both bid or both have already put bids yeah. in, and it goes by bid. Generally speaking, because Tennessee as a two seed won at a top eight would probably get the nod over Southern Miss winning at a 9 through 16 as a 2. But that look, there's not a clear answer. It's interesting because you think back to 2018, State versus Vanderbilt. State clearly would have bid more money, bigger yeah. stadium and all, and then they beat the national seed and Vanderbilt did not, and yet they played in Nashville. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it would be in Hattiesburg. Whoa, how cool would that be? be how awesome. cool a going, yeah. going out present would that be? Be sick. By the way, Tennessee won that regional at a field without a warning track. How was that allowed? At Clemson? No warning track. I I was mind blown. I I kept. Do they still have the hill in the outfield? I no, I don't think so. Is Clemson still turf or grass? It looked like grass to me. Hmm. But I was I was watching Squeeze play and there was ball hit to the outfield and I thought what what's weird? This looks weird. Another ball hit to the outfield. They don't have a warning track. And I they thought, don't have a warning track. That's got to be dangerous. Like, that, like, there's got to be something against that, right? Like, the point of a warning track is to not let guys just sprint full speed into a hard wall and hurt themselves, right? Like, you could break necks on an outfield wall without a warning track. Or maybe Clemson said, we think warning tracks are dumb and all these other stadiums with them are, are ridiculous. Well, they have I- a random logo painted, like, deep in the gap. In right center, which that's the warning track. Yeah. <laughs> that one little logo. You see the logo. There. You're near the wall. Yeah, maybe it growls at you. Another base hit. There the we go. At least tied. Tie ball game. Five apiece. Southern Miss and Penn. Bottom of the fourth. Goodness. Southern is raking in this inning. What a response! Yeah. Didn't it feel like that's what was going to eventually happen? It's what happened yesterday. Southern Miss, tight game, tight game, tight game, tight game, eighth inning, boom, they explode. Now, probably would have preferred not to dig themselves into the 5-1 to one hole today, but uh, but here we go. 
All right, we'll be back. We're going to talk baseball for a while. We'll keep up with this Southern Miss game. Got LSU, Oregon State going on. Arkansas, TCU happening. Lots to get to. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. at Scott Berry polishing the head after that? No. I'm laughing at our, our text from Jerry and Potatoc. Hey, Richard, since you talked politics this morning, it was Nancy Pelosi's idea not to have a warning track. Remember, she said walls don't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. That's funny. <laughs> Shout out to Jerry. boy, Jerry. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, so Southern Miss... Climbs back into the ball game, but it could have been so much more. Bases loaded, nobody out. Four was it four runs across already? They were down five to one going into the inning. Four yeah. runs across already, yeah. And bases loaded, yeah. nobody out. And after a pitching change, a pop up and a ground ball double play to end the inning. So five five, headed to the fifth on the planes. Let's uh let's That's a big bounce back though, being down five to one and immediately responding the way they did. No yeah. doubt. I mean it's it's tough to have a four run inning and then feel disappointed when the inning ends because it should have been like a six or seven run inning. But shall shall we retrace the steps of Southern Miss to this point? We shall. Sure. Friday. We will. Let us we, we, we did that, if you want to skip that one. Make it we, so. We did that one live. So they lose to Sanford on Friday, 4-2. to two, And it drops them into the loser's bracket. And everybody's disappointed, right? And it's like, oh, wow, Auburn's going to cakewalk through this thing. And then comes but the then. message from Hey Dad late on Friday night. He's like, oh, no. And the oh, no was, yeah, Auburn lost in extra innings. To pin the Quakers of the Ivy League. Now, what we now know is that Penn's a pretty good baseball team, and they got some arms, and they can hit a little bit. Pitching and a bunch of dudes that are in the transfer. So you know they can't help me make sense of this. By the way, Ivy League athletes cannot go to school for five years. That is correct. Four and done. That's it. Four and done. Why would you not want anyway? Those guys that are having to leave with an extra year of eligibility are like they've got Power Five offers, and that's where they're going. Texas A&M just got one. Borky, one of Alabama's best player, their left fielder Tommy Seidel, who's got 15 bombs and has hit 360 this year. Four years at Harvard. Four years at Harvard, undergraduate degree in economics, played 65 games over the course of of four years. Here, here's the deal. 2020, season cut short. 2021, Ivy League canceled all spring sports. In 2021, gets a degree and has been at Alabama for the last two years. Sixth-year senior, sixth-year baseball player, starting in left, hitting over 350. Ivy League kid, good player, really good player. 
So, you don't have to worry about discipline, I think, with these guys. Wouldn't think so. But would be okay. No. So, so Tommy Seidel, through six years of baseball, has managed to get an undergraduate degree in econ from uh, from Harvard and an MBA from the Alabama Business School. That's, you know. That'll work. Way, way to be a student it's athlete, buddy. It, it works for some. Good, good stuff. Majoring in something other than sports. They should do an ad campaign for that. They're still running those ads. Good. I, I know you were calling games, so you couldn't watch much, but, man, I got to cackle every time they'd show a basketball player and then here's what he's doing now that he's not playing basketball. <laughs> you guys nailed it. Good job. So, elimination game. And, and, by the way, Tanner Hall goes and just throws an absolute beauty in the opener. Nine innings, equivalent of a complete game. Couldn't get anything going offensively, though. Sanford wins that game 4-2. to two. Elimination game against Auburn on Saturday in the first game of the day, and they beat Auburn seven to two. I know you guys were able to watch more of that one than I was. What it looked like was Southern Miss just really played well in that game and jumped on Auburn's ace. Uh, I mean, Vale got smashed Vail. early. Yep. Yeah, and I mean that was impressive, man, because that that was you know I, I saw a friend say after Southern Miss lost was, and you know what's going to happen is we're going to lose, and then Auburn's going to lose, and we'll get their ace tomorrow. And Southern Miss, after a, a horrible day at the plate, if we're being honest, I mean, mm-hmm. what did they leave? Was it 15 runners on base against Sanford? Something like that. And couldn't capitalize. They turn around and smash a, a high-level SEC arm the next day. It was a really impressive uh, early start for them. So the winner's bracket game Saturday night was Sanford and Penn. Penn beat Sanford, knocking Sanford into the elimination game yesterday morning. Southern Miss wins that game 9-4 to over Sanford, pushing them to a regional final last night. Regional final, at least for Penn. If Penn wins, they advance to a Super Regional. They become the first-ever Ivy League team to get to a Super Regional. Penn could not win. It was tight. What, it was it a, was it a tie game going into the eighth inning? Or a 3-2 lead for Southern Miss in the eighth inning? It was 3-2 Southern. And then Southern Miss exploded for eight runs in the eighth inning. They get all kinds of cushion. They win that game 11-2, and they push it to the Monday final. And there's an okay crowd, what, 1,000 or so people, maybe 1,500 people that are at the game. And uh, now we head to the bottom of the fifth inning. Southern Miss, by the way, is the home team. 5-5 ball game, Southern Miss and Penn. Southern Miss is a few runs and a few outs from advancing to a Super Regional for the second consecutive year in Scott Berry's final year as the head coach of the Golden Eagles. And we're back to what we said a second ago, which is we have no idea where the Super Regional is going to be. What a stark contrast in head coaches, by the way. You think Scott Berry would ever chest bump an umpire? I don't. Oh, um, if, if, if Southern Miss and, and Tennessee meet in a Super Regional, uh, I, I can't imagine two guys that are more different from each other. Yeah, but Scott Berry can get fiery now. Yeah, but not stupid, right? I think he, it, it is, but I think if if he'd have to already have been tossed, then he might then he might just be like, "Well, I'm going to get my money's worth at this point," you know. I don't think Mike, he would lead uh, with the chess ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's part of the end game. Mike says Penn has nine that are in the portal now. Five have new destinations already. They are going to Virginia, Texas, Duke, Virginia Tech, and Texas A&M. Pretty strong for an Ivy League school. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're right. I would love to know the rationale behind that. Not letting, not wanting your student to continue their education. I, I, like, I, I don't know, man. It's an Ivy League. They school. got a, they, That's just they their has been always. No red shirt. They got a new generation of the fourths and the fifths to bring in. So yeah. they don't have room in all those dorms. Uh, Kentucky and Indiana are just underway in Lexington. Kentucky has fought its way back through the loser's bracket. Got a couple of trends that we're, we're pushing against in a couple of different regionals. 81% of the time, the team that starts 2-0 and wins the regional and goes on to the super regional. And what coming into this weekend, I think the number was 348 of 368 regionals. The winners won their first game. And so you've got um, Southern Miss trying to push against those uh, those numbers this weekend. LSU is leading Oregon State right now. Arkansas is trailing TCU. Did you guys catch any of the early Arkansas-TCU game yesterday? Which was the 1-0 game yeah. that was supposed to be played on Saturday night, but because of weather it got pushed to Sunday. 20-5. to TCU had a player who hit two grand slams and a third home run in one game. He had two home runs on the season going into yesterday's game. He had 12 RBI in the game. Isn't that the record? The record was 11, right? I thought he had 11. Was it 12? I thought it was 12. Maybe so. It's a good day at the ball yard. <laughs> um, how, how much did you guys consume this weekend? A whole, all of Southern Miss's games, uh, just mm-hmm. like on a screen by itself. And when they weren't playing or when they got in the delay, uh, squeeze play. And I actually, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not interested in the tournament because I was interested because of the way they presented that. Individual games, I, I couldn't really watch. Squeeze play, I was in. I get that. I think it's a really good way to watch the, the opening round. Yeah. Um, super regionals. I want them spread out a little bit. I want to watch a little bit more because the the intensity. And then how about Saturday afternoon, the Tennessee Clemson game? Hey, Dad was was texting me during the game that I was doing. It's like, have you seen the ejection yet? You're going to be livid. And I had only read about it like on Twitter in commercial you, breaks. I, you were talking about it on on your broadcast, and I was like, have you seen it yet? And yeah. Because I, I knew once you saw it, you were going to lose your mind. Yeah. Um, I think I think what I did was I read Kyle Peterson's tweet about it. And he was pretty level-headed in his response saying that, look, college baseball needs emotion, it needs passion, and the rules to try and limit that have gone too far. And he was careful not to take shots at umpires or the umpiring profession, but he said the rule needs to be changed. And I'm not so sure that umpires wouldn't agree as well. Because it does not put them in a good place. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. You can be part of the conversation with the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Take the friggin' wax out of your head. Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Supertalk Mississippi.
Lake, Mississippi. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can uh, visit them in person. We would encourage you to do that. Great place to watch a game. Man, how, how cool of a spot would that be this afternoon with all of the different games that are going? You can watch them all at one time on the big screens. Uh, learn more online at PearlRiverResort.com. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in ceasefire country. Uh, Jason says, you guys have got to talk about that picture last night. Justin Storm, talking about for Southern Miss, was an absolute monster. I'm going to have to defer to y'all on that. I was watching it on a small screen while calling another game. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it, five and a third, five and two-thirds? Uh, and, and allowed them, and, you know, at this point, when you're playing a fifth game, there's there's only so much bullpen that you can actually save. Uh, but he did that as best he could. And we have yet to talk about Tanner Hall going for a couple of innings today. Uh, when that was announced that he was going to start, you you saw some people kind of, oh, that's irresponsible. That's it. Nope, they handled that perfectly. Well, what you throw thirty five pitches today would have been a bullpen day for him. Hard capped it. He gave up a couple of early runs, but they were unearned. Only had one hard hit ball. They could have just kept pushing him if they wanted to and been irresponsible. We've seen that before in other places. But thirty five pitches on two full days rest. That didn't. That that was totally completely fine, and some of the reaction I thought was a little extreme. Yeah, and you remember when we were talking about the the Sun Belt tournament a couple of weeks ago? Scott Barry told us last Monday that they could have brought Tanner Hall back for an inning in the Sun Belt Conference Championship game if they had needed to, and it turned out they didn't need to do that. And you were looking at the same rest window, right? They they played their first game of the Sun Belt tournament on Thursday. All right, was it Thursday or was it Wednesday? Whichever it was. And then you could have come back and gotten a few pitches out of him, but not pushed him any harder. So in this case, he goes on Friday, gets Saturday, Sunday off. You come back on Monday, the third day, get a little bit out of him on what would have been a day that he threw as long as you don't push it too hard. And you have to you, you have to have a two-way trust street if you're going to do that, right? Scott Berry and the medical staff at, at Southern Miss have to trust that Tanner Hall is going to be honest with them. And Tanner Hall has to trust that Scott Berry and the medical staff are going to do what is in his best interest. But there's a long enough relationship there that that trust should be there and they should be able to communicate. And if Tanner Hall has even the slightest bit of discomfort when he wakes up this morning or yesterday morning, he has to tell them and go, I think this is a bad plan. And they immediately stop the conversation. Immediately. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. But if he wakes up yesterday and he's like, Coach, I feel great. My arm feels really good. No fatigue. No dead arm. No dead legs. Okay, good. We're trending in the right direction. And then when he gets up this morning, he still feels good. 
on what would have been a bullpen day, then yeah, you handled it perfectly. There's no reason in the world. Was it Southern Miss fans that were pushing back? or No, like... just like college baseball reaction. Uh, yeah. No, I, every Southern Miss fan that I saw was like, all right, let's get it. You know, like just sure. fired up for the day. But 30 pitches is all he threw today. Again, gave up two runs, but th- not his fault. Only one ball was hit pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with, with how they handled that at all. I, sometimes, man, uh, and I get, you know, the internet's not the best gauge of people's emotions, but let, let, Something happened first before you complain about it happening, you know? If if Scott Berry would have had him throw 90 pitches today, then yeah, criticize the heck out of him because that would have been deeply irresponsible after throwing 127 two day, three days ago. Sure. But he, he threw a bullpen session today. That's all he Let did. Let me ask you this also. I and mean, a lot of this is baseball writer guys, right? I mean, you got a lot of baseball writers that are like the great protectors of arms. So I have two thoughts here. Number one... Whoever it is that you're talking about is probably having Tommy John surgery at some point anyway. It's the nature of the beast. They have it now, they have it later, they've already had it. It's probably going to happen. That's number one. So you're, oh, we got to protect the arms. You're probably not really protecting anything. And number two, are you only living vicariously through someone that has the ability to do something that you never did? Oh, great protector of the bullpen arms. Sports writer scribe in the sky. Because I just wonder about some of these guys that just, I mean, like they love to write the column about the guy that went over 100 pitches and how many times he went over 100 pitches and how damaging this was. Have you ever, have you ever been a competitor in your life? Because you're taking some of the best athletes in the prime of their career competing in a sport they love, trying to accomplish something that they've dreamed about their entire life, and you behind your keyboard or your pen are the one to tell them, no, you shouldn't do this. What if I want to do this? What if I know the risk? What if I'm okay with it? And the player's okay with it. His family's okay with it. If there is a person on the planet that should hold a grudge against a coach for costing him millions and millions of dollars, it's Ben McDonald. Because the way Skip Bertman used Ben McDonald was criminal. But you know what? Ben McDonald is one of the greatest competitors you will ever find. He loves Skip Bertman today like a father. And about four or five years ago, Skip Bertman came up to him He's like, Ben, probably used you too much. You might still be pitching. It's like, Coach, that's water under the bridge. We're good. One of the most beloved LSU Tigers of all time. First ever SEC pitcher to go 1-1. Lived his dream. National champion. Pitched in the big leagues. Professional broadcaster. Gets to be himself. Ben McDonald wouldn't trade it. And, and so the, the people that like just come out of the, how dare you pitch him? Because I'm a competitor and I can. How about that, that side of the take? Do we want to protect players? Absolutely. Does arm health matter? Of course. Do athletes sometimes stand up and say, 
Give me the ball. Yeah, they do. And if you're a coach, deep down, that's what you want your team made up of. Yeah. Because guys like that are winners. Could you imagine Tanner Hall waking up this morning and saying, hey, coach, my current coach and my, well, I guess not my future coach, because he'll be drafted, but hey, guys, I feel good. I'm ready to go. And they say, nope, we're not even going to let you give us two. Could you imagine what Tanner Hall would have responded like if they said, we're not even letting you get two innings for us? Probably One of the greatest well. individual pitching performances I've ever seen was Drew Pomerantz. 2000, what was it, nine? He throws on Friday night of the Oxford Regional, doesn't have a ton of pitches. Comes back on Monday. Jimmy Uh-oh. Jack Southern Miss up 8 to 5. That's seven unanswered runs to take a three run lead, by the way. Dustin Dickerson over the Don't monster in left field. Bottom of the sixth inning, Golden Eagles up three. Ooh, he knew right away. I'm just now seeing the pitch. Ooh. Big time. 101 miles an hour off the bat. Oh, my goodness, he cleared his hand so well. Ho, 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 what a swing. What a swing. Over the tall wall in left field. Did you guys see that uh, Greg Kessinger got called up to the Astros? Yeah. He did. How cool is that? Three generations of Major League Baseball players. Is that good in one family? Genetics sometimes are a thing. Uh, you know, the, when people say you can do anything you want, I could have never been Greg Kessinger. <laughs> it's just that it built different. That entire bloodline's built different. Mike says that Nolan Ryan once threw 235 pitches in a game. I, I'm not suggesting that that should be the norm. Nolan Ryan was a freak of nature and kind of the bionic man and could probably roll it out like an 84 on you today. If you put Nolan Ryan on the man, oh. like, it kind of runs easy mid 80s. Easy mid 80s for Nolan Ryan right now. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Ceasefire text line. We'll leave you with this and then come back. I'm good friends with Tanner. He went to Oz and Barry last night and asked for the ball today. There you go. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Pin with a runner on first and two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. Inching closer to a berth. Uh, make it first and second after a hit by pitch. Inching closer to a berth in a super regional. Hey, let's just go crazy for a second. 
Look, we got plenty of time. If, if it ha- oh, I'm sorry. If it happens, we'll have plenty of time to analyze it and break it down and look ahead. Um, how do you feel about Southern Miss matched up with Tennessee? I need to know where it's being played. Because Why? Tennessee, despite the fact that they won on the road this, this past weekend, yeah, has not been a good road team this year. They have not. Yeah, they've been really good at home and really bad on the road. So but that's how I'm looking at that. There's two ballparks that probably play comparably. Pete Taylor Park maybe plays a little bit bigger than Lindsey Nelson. Lindsey Nelson, when it's warm, that can be a launching pad. I, look, I mean, I, I know he didn't beat Sanford. Oh, he beat Sanford. The team well, lost the game. He, oh, yeah. he beat Sanford. I, I guess the point I'm making is I trust Tanner Hall against anybody. Against anybody. Yeah. He's been he's been that good. So what we've got uh ten teams that have punched a ticket. Wake Forest, the number one overall seed. Outscored the part. Oh man. Forty eight to seven, the combined score for their three games. Is that good? Asking for a friend. <laughs> Alabama wins the Tuscaloosa Regional. Texas wins the Coral Gables Regional. Another year, another Miami not getting out of their home regional. Miami taking on that Georgia Tech softness. Mm. It's too hot, rains too much. Stanford and Texas A&M on the farm tonight. Hundreds of people will be at that game. Super fired up. Most of them A&M fans. A friend of mine lives out that way. He said he went last night, and he said it's just almost all A&M fans. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I think that would be a fun trip to make. It looks like a really neat ballpark. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. people say what they say about the Bay Area, and, and I understand why. Mm-hmm. A beautiful part if of the country. If you're visiting, oh, my gosh. And the weather's always perfect. It's been like 72 and sunny the entire regional without any rain. Or humidity. Or humidity. None of that crap either. Yeah. You can you can wear your glasses to the ballpark and, and it's fine. Yeah, they're uh they're not, not fogging up. So Stanford trying to uh for the second consecutive year fight their way through the losers bracket and win their regional. We'll see if Texas A and M can get it done tonight or not. They were in that game for a while and it really looked kinda like they hit the wall in terms of pitching. And Stanford had a little more depth, but uh, depth on Stanford's pitching staff has been a bit of an issue. So we'll see. That one could be fun late at night out on the uh, out on the West Coast. Um, LSU, Oregon State. If LSU wins this game in which they are playing right now, the Baton Rouge Regional is over, and they are well on their way to doing that. LSU leading twelve to four over Oregon State in the top of the eighth inning, trying to sweep through it in three games. Okay, and the LSU, the Baton Rouge Regional, is prepared with uh, compared. What am I trying to say? What's the word? I don't know. Paired with paired, not not prepared, not compared, but actually paired with. It is Monday, right? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just I I wanted to make sure I hadn't messed up the day. You haven't slept in thirty-six hours, though. That's your issue. Yes. Well, yeah. Built-in excuse. 
Kentucky-Indiana playing in a winner-take-all game in Lexington, LSU, and Kentucky. Baton Rouge and Lexington are the regionals that are paired together there. Uh, Tennessee's already punched the ticket. The winner of this game between Southern Miss and um, and Penn will meet Tennessee. We don't know where. Florida earlier today got a win over Texas Tech, and they will meet South Carolina. So you're going to have South Carolina in Gainesville. It should be a fun Florida kind of. Dude, South Carolina played great this weekend. They played great, and Florida really, kind of yeah. labored through their regional. Now I, they, they won this good, game, though. and so pitching was good. Played well yeah. today, though. But that should be fun. Yeah, it should. I think the crowds will be great next weekend. We've always been kind of hard on on Florida's baseball fans. Their crowds were good this year. If you build it, they will come. Scott Strickland, yeah. new stadium, all that good stuff. They have shown up, and it's going to look great at uh, Condren Family Ballpark next weekend. Just a, a prediction there. Coastal Carolina and Duke, the winner of that game... That is getting started, what, at 5 o'clock Central Time, I think, or 4 o'clock, something like that, is uh, is headed to Charlottesville to take on the Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia looked pretty good this weekend. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oregon likely hosting Oral Roberts. Just like we all predicted. That's a shame. Hey, 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 with that, with that. Four o'clock hour, winners and losers when we come back. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. It's it's the same song. Hey, every this time. is the song that I'm gonna I'm like. I'm, like you can't start talking over that before we hear stupid people. Yes, I got you. Okay, it's like there's no point in playing Los Banditos if you're not going to let it get to stupid people. Do you know that band, The Refreshments, also did the King of the Hill theme song? Really? Yeah. How about that? Uh, things happening again in the negative way, by the way. Um, Ooh, a lot of action in a lot of games. A lot of action. Throwing error, though, what could have been a double play ball to end the inning. Ball went into uh, left field and scored another run for uh, for Penn. So it's 8-5 uh, to five, now, 8-7. to seven. Uh, Runners on first and second with just one out. But Southern could have gotten out of the inning. Instead, uh, it's still going and making a pitching change as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. 8-7 in Auburn. Southern Miss still on top. 
TCU has taken the lead in Fayetteville 5-4. to four. Just hit a two-run home run to, uh, to retake the lead over Arkansas. That game's in the bottom of the sixth inning. LSU leading 12 to 4 over Oregon State, bottom of the eighth inning. Hey, how about you, you guys mind if I give you a couple of regional, baseball regional postseason notes, then we'll get to winners and losers? Well, these are, these are through the games that finished on Sunday. Just some interesting nuggets. In 2022, the average game time was three hours and 23 minutes. In 2023, this year, two hours, 56 minutes, an average of 27 minutes shorter per game. And you can tell. I said, did you feel like you lost anything? No, except for the uh, whole calling a batter out and ending in a, an inning on a, a bases loaded on a pitch clock violation that didn't make sense to anybody was, that was bad umpiring. Yeah, yeah, that was good. When everybody on the field was like, wait, what? Like, uh, Huh? When everybody on the field had that reaction to the ruling, you know it's a bad one. Yeah, I, I still would like I, I still would like umpires to have some situational awareness. Like there's no way to justify ejecting the kid from Clemson. None. You, you can't do it. You, you can't justify punching a guy out for a one or two second violation on a pitch cop with the bases loaded you know, when you've got a, a trip to a super regional hanging in the balance. You you, you still gotta have a sense of time and place. You gotta have some situational awareness. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw people trying to justify the Clemson thing. They're, they're best player, by the way. Um as well, they they issued warnings earlier and the rule is the oh, rule. And, and you know, what the umpire should have done in that moment was witnessed it happen where a player just kind of chirped at another one. Walked over to the dugout and said, hey guys, you already have a warning. Do it again and you're out. So here's your second one. Do it again and you're out. Don't do or that again. Just that's jog do. straight. To, don't even go to the dugout. Just go straight to the player and go, that's enough. Stop. Yeah. It's over. That's all you got to do. Or get in between the two players and hold hands up in both directions. You don't have to run a kid in that situation. Nope. And you know what that would be? That would be good umpiring. That would be umpiring where the umpire doesn't become the story. But instead, the umpire becomes the story, and it's just uh, its hard to understand. Mm-hmm. There have been, uh, at the end of last night's game, 276 home runs hit. Last year, through the same time period, there were 349 home runs hit. Well, that was through the full regional round. So we got a good bit of baseball happening today, and their balls are leaving the yard at a pretty good pace. But fewer home runs hit this year, which is interesting because yeah. regular season home runs were right way up. Just, I mean, it just happenstance, or, or I wonder if there's anything to that. No, no. Six regionals saw at least twenty home runs, but only two of those sites are playing today. They're they're done in Stillwater. They had twenty five. Coral Gables and Fayetteville both had twenty three at the end of yesterday. They've added a total. I think it's twenty five or twenty six now in Fayetteville. Clemson, Stanford, and Tuscaloosa all had 21. Conway's playing today. Winston-Salem had 19. Baton Rouge had 18. They've hit more there as well. So Big strikeout there. And, and by the way, the answer from the how will the Super Regional sites be returned, a statement from the committee, nothing will be official or confirmed until Tuesday at 10 a.m. 
The committee will discuss seeding and bids once all games are complete. So, that's where you go. Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time today online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. Let's get into some winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. And a winner never quit. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? I'll start us off today. I got a pair of winners from the golf world. There you go, hey Dad. I know you love it. It's like clockwork, right? You're going straight to golf. Every time. So many, hey, this is actually pretty good, though. So yesterday, Victor Hovland, in a playoff, won the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio. That's Jack Nicholas's tournament. Has been forever. Won it in a playoff, beat uh, Denny, uh, whatever. What doesn't matter. McCarthy. Denny McCarthy, thank you. $3.6 million, the winner's share. Yesterday, on the women's... Tour, the LPGA, Rose Zhang, the reigning NCAA champion, just two weeks ago won the, the women's individual national championship. Number one amateur in the world, just turned pro. First professional event. She won the LPGA tournament in a playoff. She beat uh, is it Jennifer Cupcho, Lydia Cupcho, whatever her name is. Beat her on a two-hole playoff. So... The fact that they won golf tournaments, not what makes her winners. She won $428,000 or something like that. Do you know what the two of those people were doing this morning? Victor Hovland, at 6.30 a.m. this morning, picked up a golf bag and put it on his back to caddy for his college roommate and best friend that he played golf with at Oklahoma State, who was attempting to qualify for the U.S. Open. Today is what is called the longest day in golf. Uh, you got qualifiers all over the country happening for the Men's U.S. Open. It's an L.A. Country Club here in a couple of weeks. And Victor Hovland was on the bag. Rose Zhang jumped on an airplane, flew back across the country to Stanford, where she had to get ready for final exams and to move out of her dorm. She has already turned professional. She won... Almost half a million dollars in golf yesterday, but she's got to go back and take her finals at Stanford and move out of her dorm. Perez and I talked about this this, this morning. He's like, you know she could pay somebody to do that. I was like, yeah, wouldn't that be academic fraud? He's like, I'm talking about the moving, not the exam. It's <laughs> a reasonable point. She could afford both. Either way. Either way. No, I, I know women's golf isn't on the forefront of our conversations, but, I mean, it's a cool story. The the next Annika Sorenstam is, is here and maybe possibly better. I mean maybe. that that good. She's amazing. And and didn't play her best yesterday. Played really well on Saturday. Didn't play great yesterday. Missed a three and a half foot birdie putt that could have made it a whole lot easier. Had to scramble on eighteen to to make a uh, a par to send it to the playoff. But uh, she wins her debut, and so she is now eligible for the Solheim Cup team this year, and she'll be on it. So, both of them winners. I thought that was kind of a cool story. 
The SEC's a winner, and that's weird to say because Arkansas might get eliminated and, and so might Texas A&M, but all the talk after this selection was, it's not that good, they didn't deserve that many hosts, all that stuff. That was the narrative around college baseball world is, oh, we got to spread out the host sites because this isn't fair. Uh, the league has the most wins and the best win percentage in regionals. It's really good. And then people are still like, oh, this showed that the SEC is overrated. They have the most wins, and hear me, the best winning percentage. So, yes, they have more teams, but those teams are winning more by percentage than everybody else. So uh, it's the best league in America. Anybody looking at it objectively would have told you that, and the results on the field make it inarguable yet again. It's really impressive stuff. We'll see what happens with Arkansas. They're trailing TCU right now. LSU is going to advance. Tennessee's already advanced. Kentucky's got a chance to advance. A&M's got a chance to advance. Alabama has already advanced. South Carolina has already advanced. Florida has already advanced. It's really, really impressive. We'll pick it up when we come back with you. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Love to hear your winners and losers on the Ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, uh, it's your turn for a winner. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but, I mean, don't you kind of have to go with Wake Forest? I mean, it's one thing to be the number one team and be the number one overall seed, but to dominate your regional in that fashion and really show you know why you are that why you have that spot is another thing entirely that's that's one of the most dominating performances in regional we've seen in some time you know it's been two straight years now where the number 1 overall national seed has not gotten to the college world series wake forest looks like a really good bet right now to break that trend this year also nice crowds there too despite the weather being terrible uh you you opined over it on on wednesday of last week just you know you've got some unique Host sites, are they going to turn out? Indiana State sounded good. It's a small venue, but yeah, yeah they were there, and they, they were engaged and energized. Coastal, yes, I know they won a national championship, but come on. Uh, that, that was quite a long time ago now, if you can believe it. That was seven years ago. Uh, they had nice crowds. It, Wake Forest, the aforementioned Wake Forest had nice crowds. It, it th- Things were done well. Even Auburn, before they got to encued, they had. Uh, really nice. I mean, great crowds. It looked really good uh, across the board this weekend. A little thinner last night in Tuscaloosa. They were sold out 5,800 for their Friday night game and their Saturday night game. That may have been the announced attendance last night. I think they sold all the tickets. But we had an hour and a half delay because of a storm that popped up at like 7.30 when there was an 8 o'clock start time. And so it ended up not being a, until 9.30 for a game that finished at 12.30, 12.45 last night. So understandably, a little bit smaller crowd. Hey, I want to go back real quick to, to Wake Forest. Give me some team yeah. numbers here. They have a team batting average of 308 with 117 home runs 
and they are fielding 979. Their team ERA, team ERA, is 2.78. I mean, 2.78. We say it all the time in baseball, pitching and defense is what wins. I mean, there you go. And then, oh, by the way, you hit over 300 with over 100 bombs. Their batting yeah. average against for the season is 202. And what if I told you Paul Skeens isn't the best pitcher in America? What if I told you the best pitcher in America is actually Rhett Louder for Wake Forest, who in 16 starts is 14-0 and with a 1.77 earned run average, 125 strikeouts, 20 walks, and a 207 batting average against? Really, really good. And their closer, Camden Minacci, has 12 saves. They're just complete. They are absolutely complete. Huge task for Alabama in Winston-Salem next weekend. Something about this Alabama team, though. They got a little something. A little something special going. All right, let's go. Any any like glaring losers that we need to get to? A Colts player, unnamed. I, I hadn't. I did have one quick winner. I'm sorry. One more quick winner. Okay, All we'll of college baseball for a with Vanderbilt being eliminated because. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Means like if I want to watch a game now, I can do it, and I don't have to worry about wanting to peel my own skin off. Very good. It's a good winner. Thank you, Xavier. Uh, Borgie, a Colts player. A Colts player, uh, yet to be named. Uh, Apparently it's isolated only to him. But uh, pervasive gambling, including gambling in the facility, using somebody else's account, guess what? They can track those things still, too. Uh, And reportedly, including on Colts games. Hundreds of wagers placed on NFL games and beyond. Whoever this player is might not play professional football again. If it's if it's what the, the well, news hope, describes it as, he might be done forever. I hope you were good as a gambler. Better have he's going to do a podcast with Brad Bohannon. Can't wait to hear. Mm. Let's uh, let's jump to the text line. We got a bunch uh, coming in from you. Your winners and your losers. Elizabeth in Gaucher, loser Auburn after they dog all the Southern Miss fans on Twitter because losing to Samford the first game. Ooh, karma. Never say anything before your team plays. Never do it. Winner, this is a good one. The Amory Panthers baseball team. Yeah. Won their second consecutive 3A state championship after the baseball stadium in which they play and their facilities at the high school were destroyed by the March tornado. They played their last 22 games on the road and played and practiced on other schools' fields. Such an incredible story. Congratulations to Amory and all of the state champions, uh, but particularly with what they went through this year. Uh, Dave says his loser is Auburn. They did not deserve to host. I don't think because they went two and uh, two and Q in their regional means they didn't deserve to host. I understand that there is 
Dave, I think last week you pointed to to rankings, like the D1 baseball rankings. Those have nothing to do with hosting. I mean, that's a that's a subjective measure. It was pretty much RPI-based. I don't think that you say Southern Miss deserved a host over Auburn if you want to make the argument that Campbell had deserved a host over Auburn, maybe you could. But at the same time, you saw what Campbell did this weekend when they had to go on the road to South Carolina. They got popped pretty good. It's a good baseball team. But it's your loser, Dave, and I don't get to tell you who your loser or your winner is, so that is your loser. Mike in Oxford goes with Kyle Peterson as a loser. Uh, He did not like the statement that Kyle made on the air that Tennessee baseball had done more for college baseball in the last year than any other program. Mike didn't. Or that they saved college baseball. Yeah, I agree that that is not a good statement. Now, I do think Tennessee brought a lot of attention to college baseball that wasn't there previously. But college baseball was growing and is growing with or without the Tennessee Vols. Yeah. Period. College baseball is growing. And I had this thought the other day, guys. You know, they um, ESPN ABC continues to have all the rights to the Women's College World Series, and that's a great product, and it's getting big numbers once again. Saturday and Sunday, they put Women's College World Series games in the middle of the Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon on ABC. Guess what? They're going to get a big audience. They put it on ABC. We're going to stick a couple of Super Regional games on ABC next weekend. You know what would happen if you did? You'd have a massive audience. A massive audience. You stick the Men's College World Series Saturday game on ABC, the audience will be gargantuan. It's going to be big on ESPN anyway. And that's not comparing the two. I, I, I got no issue with the Women's College World Series being on there. Just put the same resources and the same push for men's college baseball behind women's college baseball. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, women's college softball. Winner, Alabama baseball for turning their season around. Well, it helps when your coach isn't betting against you. Seems to help. <laughs> Loser. I have not read this yet. Mike Florio. An article on Nick Saban that was absolute garbage. I've, I've seen a lot of people say that. I just haven't read the story yet. I had a loser real quick that I, I just didn't, for something I don't understand. And maybe you can make me understand, but maybe Missouri just needs to not play baseball anymore. Because they hired a coach whose career record is 20 games under 500, who's been to the tournament once when he won the conference tournament and got lucky. That was the year Jackson State was undefeated. And. That he was last year, he was one game over 500 at Memphis. Garrett Jackson? Yeah. What, what, why? I, I get that he coached at Missouri before, but like, if you don't want to play baseball, just, just see what the conference says about that. They let Vanderbilt not play softball. Maybe they can do the same for you. So I don't know if I can help you understand, but I, I will tell you that there are some people I know that are pretty close to the Memphis baseball program and were pretty close to that staff that thought he did a really, really good job, and it was in the was in the process of turning things around at Memphis. He kind of inherited a mess there. No nonsense, disciplined, has worked as a scout, as a front office type person, as a coach, player, the whole deal. So there's some people in the college baseball world that think that's a really good hire. I know Memphis was disappointed to lose him. We'll see. But... 
it was also an example of Missouri still not committing to baseball. They went out and hired somebody that they could pay half a million dollars or so a year to come coach their baseball program and hope that he's able to do something with lack of facilities and lack of resources that nobody else has been able to do. And the reality is if they don't invest heavily, they're going to be in the exact same situation five years from now looking for another coach to try and turn it around without an investment. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Two teams for the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days for the 5 o'clock hour this afternoon. We were going to jump in right there. Hey, Dad, are we are we messing up by doing that? I mean, we got. I'm just saying we we had a system in place. I understand. I understand. We got a lot of college baseball going on. We got Southern Miss batting in the bottom of the eighth inning with runners on first and second and one out, leading by one eight seven over Penn. Ah, a little Texas leaguer out into center field. That's going to score another run. And Southern Miss now has a two-run lead in the bottom of the eighth inning, 9-7. to seven. Jam shot, shortstop going out, center fielder coming in. Ball fell between both of them. Little bit of cushion now for Southern Miss. And that runner was on second thanks to an error, a bad one. Just a fielding error led to the first base runner being on, so taking advantage of the mistake there. All right, so still first and second with just one out with a run across on a uh, an RBI single. So Southern Miss has had some unlucky moments in this game. That's a bit of an unlucky moment for, uh, for Penn. So we'll keep an eye on this one. There's a fly out to right, so two down in the inning now for Southern Miss. Looking for a two-out base hit to try and add to the lead. TCU leading over Arkansas 7-4. to four. In the top of the eighth inning, if Arkansas does not come back, that regional is over. TCU is 2-0. and If Arkansas can come back and win, then they will have a winner-take-all game later tonight at Ballmarker Stadium in Fayetteville. So we'll see. And now, big news in the college baseball world, and it has nothing to do with what is happening on the field. Doesn't Pete Thamel cover college football? Pete Thamel in the <laughs> giving him the, these news in the uh, the college baseball game. Sources: Georgia is finalizing a deal to make LSU pitching coach Wes Johnson the school's new head coach. Johnson has extensive SEC experience from his time at LSU, Mississippi State, and Arkansas as a pitching coach. And by the way, LSU pulled him out of Major League Baseball where he was a pitching coach to come be the pitching coach in Baton Rouge. That was a bit of a coup for Jay Johnson on his staff. LSU just 
earned its way into a Super Regional with a win over Oregon State 13-6. They have now hosted 27 regionals all-time at Alec Box Stadium. They have won 23 of them. This says to me, guys, that Georgia just committed to baseball. And here's why. Scott Strickland was making what? 600,000 or so as the head coach at Georgia, maybe 650. The bottom paying job in the league was Steve Beezer at Missouri. He was right at 500. Uh, Bohannon, ooh, ball well hit to right field off the top of the wall. That's going to score at least one run, maybe two. They're waving him around. Throw, not going to go to the plate. Two more runs for Southern Miss. And the Golden Eagles add to the lead. It's now 11-7. to Four-run lead, bottom of the eight for Southern Miss. The winner of this game advances to a Super Regional to take on Tennessee. What a great swing. Just missed a three-run home run there. Ooh, I mean, Hit it off the top of the wall. What? Less than a foot, huh? Yeah. That was big time. Who now, was that? Never mind. I was about to ask a question. I'm not going to until the game ends. That was Carson Payton in the eight hole. Yeah. Bottom of the lineup has been productive. Montenegro has been really good as well. I'm Hensel's enjoying an Richard RBI. doing what you were doing uh, Friday, by the way, of me being ahead of him. I didn't give it away that time, though. No, you didn't. Etzel's driven in a run. Dickerson has driven in four. He had the home run earlier. Danny Lynch has got an RBI. Nick Monaster has got an RBI. Carson Pato's driven in two. And Rodrigo Montenegro has driven in two. 11 runs on 13 hits for Southern Miss. And the, uh, the Golden Eagle fans clad in yellow and black are on their feet at Plainsman Park, sensing a trip to a Super Regional. These two teams today are a combined 15 of 27 with runners in scoring position. Wow. Southern is 9 of 16 with runners in scoring position. Mm. That's incredible. That's that's how you win. Guy gets on second, drive him in. Arkansas is going to have to have three runs in the top of the ninth inning to keep their season alive. Not looking great for the Hogs at home. TCU's caught fire. How did these two things compute, by the way, talking about the the Georgia job? A friend of the program, Kendall, says, one thing about the Georgia job is I was told throughout the process that they were unwilling to pay premium dollar for a head coach. That limited their options to either assistants or mid-major head coaches. He was making over a million at LSU. Yeah, Yeah, I asked him. Let's see what he says. I think Wes Johnson was making $1.1 million. Pulled him out of Major League Baseball back to uh, to LSU. Kendall, uh, in response to Pete's tweet, said, Johnson was a candidate for this job from the get-go, as was Campbell's Justin Hare. was told over the weekend that Hare had decided to remain at Campbell for the time being. I think that's a big hire for Georgia. Yeah, that, that just doesn't compute, though. The the whole, they weren't paying top dollar. I mean, how many coaches in college baseball are making a million to? Well, yeah. what, what's Mike Bianco made? What, what, is it 1.5? No, no, no. No, he's at 1.8. 8. He's 1.8. Second highest paid coach in the country. So, unless he took a pay cut just to be a head guy, 
it didn't compete. You know, maybe maybe he saw the value in the Georgia job and he went from 1.1 to 900 or to a million and decided that the sacrifice in pay was worth it for the opportunity to be a head coach. But that's but still he didn't them go like from doubling the salary, six. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I double Look, what they were previously paying anyway. Maybe Georgia looked around this weekend and was like, you know what, that sure looks like a heck of a lot of fun. We, we want to be in this. Yeah, Georgia's got the money to pay a baseball coach a million dollars if they want to do it. Or a million and a half or whatever the number is. I guess we'll find out soon enough. I guess Kendall has not responded to your tweet. No, but I'm sure he's getting blown up with notifications right now. So oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have him on the show as well, so we can just ask him ourselves at some point. Yes, we will. Uh, we will do that. So, all right, Southern Miss still batting, bottom of the eighth inning, first and second, two down, leading eleven to seven. TCU's got runners at the corners with one out in the bottom of the eighth, up seven to four over Arkansas. Things are not getting any easier for the Razorbacks. By the way, Arkansas brought Will McIntyre back into the game. He threw 81 on Friday and 50-something yesterday, so he was like 138 pitches, and they brought him back into the game today. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kopp says, what's the big deal? That's, that, is, that is a valid point. Huh? That is a valid point. Um. Wow. What an afternoon for college baseball. What a weekend for college baseball. It was really good. You, you could allow yourself to, to get depressed, but maybe we just won't go there. Hey, man, we are... Is it today? Yeah. We're out of the 90s when it comes to the countdown to the start of the college football mm-hmm. season. That's right. Mm-hmm. we got teams number 90 and 89. 89 days today. 89. So... No, my, my comment about being depressed was Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Right. Um, that's I was I was giving them. If you are depressed, there you go. There's there's something. Yeah. Eighty nine days. The thing I, I tweeted this yesterday was we had so many weather delays around the country. Not a drop of rain in Starkville all weekend. Could could have played all the games, no problem. Could have could have been done. Yeah. All right. Three outs. Here we go. Headed to the ninth. Southern Miss needs three outs to go to a super regional. Either in Hattiesburg or in Knoxville next weekend. Tennessee will be the opponent if they can get three outs and get to the finish line here and become, what, just the 21st team to lose their opening game of the regional and come back and win it all. 21st team since 1999. Wow. That's the only one where it's happened this year, isn't it? Let's see. Uh, of the games that are happening tonight, Kentucky won their Coastal opener. Coastal lost to Ryder, didn't they, on Friday? Was that their opener in the regional, though? I believe Ryder was the four. Okay, so Coastal's got a chance to do that. Um, Kentucky won their opener, and then they lost to Indiana. So Kentucky would not fall into that category. Stanford lost their first game to A&M, so they wouldn't fall into that category. They beat San Jose State to uh, start the regional. All right. 
Southern Miss, three outs away. We'll wrap up the five, 4 o'clock hour with you when we come back after this time out in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Balls, two strikes, two outs. Southern Miss leading 11 to 7. Lifted out, a base hit into center field. Not quite done yet. Four-run lead for Southern Miss. That's okay. We can do it live. Uh, We'll do it live. Meanwhile, in Fayetteville, TCU now leading 12-4 to over Arkansas. Trey Richardson, who yesterday hit three home runs in that 20-5 to win, including two grand slams, hit three home runs the opposite way yesterday. He had only two home runs all season long. He hit three yesterday. He just hit another one with a 400-foot sign straightaway center field. And then TCU followed it up with another home run. Uh, TCU is going to play who next week? That is the Fayetteville Regional. Oh, I'm trying to find it. I should know my way around this bracket. They're paired up with Indiana State. So they'll be in Terre Haute, where there's TC- a graveyard past the left field foul pole. TCU going to be playing in Terre Haute, Indiana next week against Indiana State, needing two wins to go to the College World Series. Yeah, I bet Arkansas is feeling pretty good about taking that Omaha's logo off the uh, padding right there behind <laughs> behind home plate. That was not uh, there. It was, it was there for a couple of seasons. It was... Um, was not there this year. All right, they're headed to the ninth inning in Fayetteville. Arkansas needs not a minor miracle, but a major miracle, like a parting of the Red Sea type miracle to uh, come back and force another game. and fishes tonight. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. not like uh, not like pull a rabbit out of your hat, like part the sea type miracle. Ball and two strikes, two and two. Southern Miss leading 11-7 to seven over Penn. Come on. <laughs> Oh, we got to get this third out before this segment ends. Well, I know something you don't know. Me too. Ball I think game. Borky knows. Hold on, hold on. Two balls, Playing. two strikes. Runner on first. The pitch. Oh, got him. Oh, called strike three. Little extension on the outside corner, but hey, hey good enough. Hey, that umpire Seven miss. Headed to a super regional. He, there you go. He called the last three innings like he's got a date with his honey tonight, and he needed to get out of the ballpark. He he stretched that zone for he's, everybody the last few innings. He's tired of Auburn. He's like, I got to get out of here. Hey, All right, seriously. so so it, so it's five o'clock, but it's six o'clock in Atlanta. His flight is probably out of Atlanta. He's got a nine o'clock flight out of Atlanta, and it was getting tight, and he knew he was going to have to deal with some traffic. <laughs> That's awesome, Scott though, Barry's man. career is not done yet. Not dead yet. So wh- I, if you had to guess, where is it going to be? We hope it's in Hattiesburg, of course, obviously, for multiple reasons. I mean, But where is it going the, to be? All the metrics tell you it should be in Hattiesburg. Like the stuff that I think the committee looks at, 
tells you it should be in Hattiesburg. So I'm sure based on that, based on the knowledge we have seen from the committee in years past, uh, it will be in Knoxville. But it should be in Hattiesburg. So, I mean, maybe that decision has been made behind closed doors, but they are meeting in the morning, and it will be announced at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I think that's something they're about to discuss on Squeeze Play. Uh, Chris Burke, Mike Rooney, where should it be? And obviously Berkey's a Tennessee guy. Um, it's very simple, though, right? What what will be and what should be are two different things, obviously. Tennessee, number 17 in the RPI. Southern Miss, number 20 in the RPI. I mean, for whatever that means. Oh, you know they lean on that crap so hard. And, hey, does John Cohen have a say? He's the chair of the committee. Guess where they're going. Well, then Tennessee. Hold on a second now. Hold on a second. His job, his job should be to advocate for the SEC. That's why I said guess where it's going. Say what you want to about, about John Cohen. He's a baseball guy. And he has an immense amount of respect for Scott Barry. What an incredible... Look, I mean, it's not the NCAA baseball committee's job to do a retirement gift. But what a cool going out party it could be for Southern Miss if they are able to host a Super in Hattiesburg. The year after hosting a Super in Hattiesburg and not getting it done. What a cool deal it would Scott be. Scott Barry is winning the national title, and he's already retired. He doesn't have to deal with any of the fallout that comes with winning a national title. Yeah, but his But he also didn't few... get the raise. <laughs> no, but his first few turkey hunts won't go he's very fine. well. He'll, he'll get yes. skunked on his turkey hunts for a year. For a year. He's like, mm. I just can't. I can't find one. They're not out there. Mm. Incredible stuff. What a run for Southern Miss. They, all year long, they looked like a team that was going to be in the tournament. Kind of scuffled a little early. Didn't play very well in the midweek. Got it together. Won the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in their first year in the league. Finished second in the overall standings. They go on the road for a regional. Lose their first regional game. Fight all the way back through the loser's bracket. And they come out on top, and they are headed to face Tennessee. Two wins away from the College World Series. And Tanner Hall is going to pitch one of those games. We'll be back. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour on this Monday afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. There are now just three spots remaining in the Super Regionals. Two of those games are just underway. 
Duke and Coastal Carolina from Springsbrook Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. Winner advances. Coastal's the visiting team. Duke is the home team. Indiana and Kentucky from Kentucky Proud Park in Lexington. Good crowd there for that one. Kentucky needs a win to advance to a Super Regional, and they are the home team. And then later tonight, Stanford and Texas A&M from Sunken Diamond in Stanford, California. Used to be Palo Alto. I think Stanford is now incorporated. So Stanford, California for the uh, the final Super Regional spot. Those are the three that are left. We just uh, we just crowned Southern Miss regional champion in Auburn. The uh, Golden Eagles headed to a Super Regional. They will play Tennessee. We will find out tomorrow morning whether that Super Regional will be in Hattiesburg or if it will be in Knoxville. We will just wait and see. This is Sports Talk Mississippi on a Monday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. So much happening at Pearl River Resort. You can visit their website for the upcoming events. you got Jeff Foxworthy just around the corner. Fluffy Iglesias coming up as well. You can buy tickets online at uh, pearlriverresort.com. Just go to the events tab and see the things that are coming soon. Wait, oh, Jeff Foxworthy was, this, was Saturday night. That was this past Saturday night. So you've got uh, the big show with uh, Fluffy Iglesias on July 1st. He's back on tour now. That's at the Silver Star Convention Center. Tickets are on sale at PearlRiverResort.com. That's at 8 o'clock on July 1st. Comedy tour, Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias, PearlRiverResort.com. Love to hear from you. Ceasefire text line. Let's hear from you, Southern Miss fans. Congratulations. Headed to a Super Regional, Scott Berry's career extended by at least another week, and we hope more than that. What is it, three? We we won three weeks? Yeah. Super Regional, first weekend in Omaha, final weekend in Omaha. Yep, that's uh, that's what we're shooting for. Oh, how good that would be. How cool that would be. Unfathomable is what that would be, in, in the best way. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. Again, 601-879-4395. Online, you can find them at ceasefire.com slash business. Let's jump into a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So, Ole Miss, over the weekend, in the transfer portal, and an incredibly intriguing addition to this roster. And I was on with Chuck Oliver today, and we didn't really go down this road, but we hung up, and something we kind of talked about got me thinking. So here's the commitment. Zachary Franklin, he is making the move over from UTSA. And his tweet announcement said, I reached every goal, had to write another list. Hashtag hottie toddy. So Chris Marshall came in through the transfer portal from Texas A&M. He was in Oxford through the spring. It did not go as swimmingly, I think, as all parties had hoped, and he has moved on. 
probably encouraged to move on. And so the number one wide receiver target in the transfer portal was Zakari Franklin from UTSA. 6'1", 185 pounds. He's from Cedar Hill, Texas. He picked all this over Colorado. Deion Sanders has not lost many recruiting battles in his short time in Boulder, but he loses this one. Last year, Zakari Franklin caught 93 balls for 1,137 yards and 15 touchdowns. The year before that, he caught 81 balls for 1,127 yards and 12 touchdowns. That is 27 receiving touchdowns, about 2,300 yards, and about 170 pass catches over the last two years. So what does that mean for Ole Miss's offense? Clearly the wide receiver room got better over the weekend. Jordan Watkins, probably the most reliable and most trusted of the group. Peyton Wade, a little undersized, but a reliable pass catcher that makes plays. It's a lot of experience in this room. Sakari Franklin now, yeah. ton of production. And same thing with Trey Harris. Neither of those two guys have done it at Ole Miss, but they've right. done it at the Division One level. And haven't seen Trey Harris healthy since he's been on the Ole Miss campus. They held him out of spring. They're expecting him him to be good to go for August. Yeah, apparently they they just love him, but we'll see. I mean, you, right. The, the the translation has to happen. Sometimes it goes well. I, I suppose sometimes it doesn't. But I I don't think they have like this super alpha like first round pick AJ Brown. And I know he wasn't a first round pick, but come on, he should have been in this room. I don't know if they have that guy. But they've got a bunch of guys that have produced. Watkins, you mentioned, even though he got hurt last year, was reliable and productive. Uh, a guy, albeit in Conference USA, not the SEC, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Trey Harris had 1,000-yard season last year. Jalen Knox was at Missouri before he came to Ole Miss. Dayton Wade was reliable for them a, mm-hmm. a year ago. And so suddenly you look at this room and you don't see that like first-round caliber guy. At least I don't. I don't think I see that right now. But a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football and produced while doing so. No, there's not a first-round guy in there right now. I mean, maybe somebody pops and has a crazy season and ends up playing themselves into that, but but I don't think so. He's a he, freshman here's, if there is one. A couple of nice pieces in the, in the freshman group. Here, here's my question, though. Does this Ole Miss offense, if the offensive line can be... Good. Not great, but good. Have the chance to be the most diverse and versatile offense, maybe in the SEC. Here's why I'm asking the question. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to overplay this. I, I just I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking through it out loud with you guys. All right, so if you've got quality depth at wide receiver, that's a good starting point. And 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 by the way, there's some pretty big ifs in in kind of Fleshing this out. A solid returning starting quarterback that you would like to believe will take a step forward in his second year as a starter in the SEC. The best running back in the SEC returning. Quality depth and speed at wide receiver. One proven tight end 
through the transfer portal and one from an athletic giftedness standpoint, first-round talent, but probably not a first-round tight end. So Michael Trigg, Caden Priest scoring at the tight end spot that theoretically could open some things up on the middle and make it a little easier for those guys on the outside. And if those two things happen, theoretically, your running game has a little bit more success when you've got a quarterback that can run and they're content to use him in that way, and you have the best returning running back in the SEC. I mean, the question for me now just becomes about the offensive line. Because from a skill standpoint, that's a is it the most elite talent group in the SEC? Of course not. Not even close. But collectively, it's top third. Or could be. Could be for sure. Yeah, you need you need these two receivers to translate and be productive in the SEC. But if that is the case, then then yeah, I mean the the potential's there. They've and I know state fans are rolling their eyes right now, but it has been the best rushing offense in the league for three consecutive seasons. Absolutely, that that is an objective fact. It has been, and Judkins is back, and behind him is interesting. Is is Bentley going to stay healthy? Is the freshman coming in going to be productive? Because as good as Judkins can be, everybody knows it's a physical position. Mm-hmm. You you can't just depend on one guy, but. I mean, there's a chance that, that this is the kind of offense that can score on basically everybody. It, that, and, and, it's shaping up to be that way. So today, your college football fix centered around Ole Miss adding through the transfer portal. Tomorrow, your college football fix will be centered around the weekend that Mississippi State had, which felt a lot like a weekend that Mississippi State had about nine years ago in terms of its camp, with a bunch of commitments over the weekend. That's where we'll go tomorrow with the college football fix. College football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So I did something uh, last week. I don't think I can get in trouble for for saying this. Um, So ESPN has all of its announcers wear these black golf shirts, just very generic black golf shirts. I think they're made out of a combination of, like, Plastic grocery sacks and cardboard. That bad, huh? <laughs> they are the most hey. uncomfortable, ill-fitting shirts in the history of the world. I know it's going to be hot. Not the worldwide leader in apparel. No, they are not. So, I reached out to um, to my friends at Genteel, our friends at Genteel, and I was like, hey, is there any chance you could turn around three solid black golf shirts with a small ESPN logo on the chest 
And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, as long as they're not, you, you can't sell them with ESPN. I was like, no, 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 I have permission to do this, kind of. And uh, they did exactly that. So that was on Wednesday. On Thursday morning, I swung by the store. I picked them up, and they were fantastic. Here's why I tell you that. Genteel does group sales. You, you've seen the golf shirts that we have with the Super Talk Mississippi logo on the chest. Borky's got on one today. I've got on one today. You've seen Haydad and his as well. If you've got an event coming up, maybe it's a, a golf tournament that your company is putting on. Um, maybe you run a golf course and you want your golf course's logo on a shirt. Maybe you own a business and you need really good-looking, comfortable shirts that can be dressy but also also comfortable and you want to put your logo on the chest or the sleeve. Genteel does that. You go to their website, genteelapparel.com. You can find the sales link and reach out to them and talk to them. And they will work with you, and I promise you, you will be pleased with the results. Shirts that look great, shirts that feel great, shirts that fit like they are supposed to fit with your custom logo embroidered by them, reasonably priced. You're going to be really, really happy if you uh, do this. So reach out to uh, Genteel. And if you're not looking for corporate apparel, you can just buy what they've got available at genteelapparel.com. Proud to be a partner with them. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's get back to the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. You guys had some fun ones last week. Arizona State, Notre Dame, and Kansas. How the week finished up. Team number 90 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This is yesterday's team. When we last saw them, they were playing for a national championship. They finished second. They finished second in that game, but they played for it. The TCU Horned Frogs. They they were definitely there. And they played for a national championship. And their four fans who had to deal with that disaster because of a bizarre Los Angeles rainstorm in an open-air domed stadium, a group of a few thousand TCU fans got windblown rain on them inside of a covered stadium. Mm-hmm. So they got beat that bad, and they got soaked when they weren't prepared to do so, because, again, the stadium is technically a dome, but open air at the same time. It's a horrible day for them. Unless you were in the expensive seats where you recovered. As long as you weren't up at the top, you're okay. Yeah. I think it's worth revisiting last year, just for a second. They opened on the road against Colorado and won that game. They beat Tarleton. They beat SMU. It's a pretty good game. In Dallas. Dallas-Fort Worth rivalry beat them 42-34 in week four, or week three. And then we started to take notice in week four. Hosted Oklahoma in Fort Worth, and they beat them by 31, 55-24. And then they went to Kansas, and that was a good Kansas team that was undefeated at the time. Kansas was number 19 in the country. Game was on FS1. It was a back-and-forth game, and they won it. 38-31. Wasn't that game sold out? Wasn't that Kansas's first sellout last year? I believe I so. 11 a.m. kickoff, great atmosphere. 
And then on October 15th, they had Oklahoma State come to their place. And now Oklahoma State did not finish the year great, but they were still relatively healthy at that point. They had a wild game there. 43-40 was the final in that game. Oklahoma State dropped that game in double overtime. Was that the... No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Right, we'll come back to that in just a second. Because there are a couple of moments that changed the season for TCU. That was one of them. Spencer Sanders threw for 245 yards in that game. Had a uh, touchdown pass. And uh, he had a couple of touchdown runs. Kendra Miller had a couple of touchdowns on the ground. Max Duggan, we were really starting to take notice of Max Duggan at that point. Threw for 286 and two touchdowns in the game. And they followed up that Oklahoma State game with the Kansas State game. And they won it 38-28. And then they went on the road to West Virginia. And they won 41-31. And then they hosted Texas Tech and they won by 10. And then they went to Texas and they won in Austin. Always a big deal. That was on November 12th. And then they went on the road to Baylor. Do you remember the game at Baylor? I do. Final score, TCU 29, Baylor 28. As time expired with a scramble drill to get the field goal team onto the field, Griffin Kell kicked a 40-yard field goal. Final drive was nine plays, 46 yards, took a minute 34, and as the clock went to zeros, the ball split the uprights. And then we're like... this team might be special. No drama in the final week of the regular season. 62-14, they beat Iowa State. And then the drama came because they lost in the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State, 31-28. So would an undefeated regular season loss to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game be enough to get into the playoff? Not only was it enough to get into the playoff, it was enough to get into the playoff as a three seed. And we got an epic Fiesta Bowl with Michigan. They won that game 51-45. And then TCU fans would prefer that you stop the season recap right there. As if nothing else happened after that. But, man, people did the the hindsight thing. Them beating Michigan validated their belonging in the playoff. Georgia's just a machine. They were just a machine. They were fine. There there were two teams that could have... Two teams could have won the national championship, and they played against each other in the playoff game in Atlanta. Georgia and Ohio State. And look, I mean, if, if if Georgia and TCU play each other ten times, Georgia probably wins all ten of them. Yeah, maybe nine of the ten. In that setting, probably win all ten. But but it's not sixty-five to seven ten times. No, it's just not. But it all worked that night for Georgia. So spin it forward this year for TCU. They start at home with Colorado, and they get Nichols in week two. Then they go to Houston for their Big 12 opener. It's kind of weird sounding, but it's true. Rivalry game with SMU. West Virginia is a home game. Iowa State, who they hung 62 on last year. BYU is a conference game that's at home. 
And circle October 21st on the calendar at Kansas State. Circle November 2nd on the calendar at Texas Tech. Circle November 11th on the calendar, Texas in Fort Worth. And then Baylor, and then at Oklahoma. So I think there's a really good chance that TCU starts the year 7-0. and But then it gets real in those last five games. Really, really real. Chance Nolan, by the way, does that name ring a bell? It may not. You've got to be kind of a sicko to know who that is. It's the Oregon State transfer got hurt okay. last year, and and he left to to go to TCU because Oregon State brought in. Connect the dots. Da, 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 da. DJ so Nolan uh, was not going to keep his job, and so he went to TCU. So that's going to be their guy, I think. Expected to be the starter. They have done well on the portal. Sonny Dice is a good coach. He is. That's a compelling program. Do do they? We talked about Oklahoma State last week. Can they settle in as kind of the top dog program in the Big 12? Can TCU? Can TCU settle in as the program in the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma on the way out the door? TCU, team number 90 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Two hours of the show walking along with the Southern Miss baseball team as they won the Auburn Regional. They will have a Super Regional date with the Tennessee Volunteers location TBD. We will know tomorrow where that uh, series is going to be played, either at Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg or at Lindsey Nelson Stadium in Knoxville. That announcement is supposed to be made at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. We just hit team number 90, and now today, team number 89 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days, the Vanderbilt Commodores. I mean, really, Dynamite's kind of an underrated fight song. Dynamite is? Because it's a little underrated. That's a good fight song for it. You don't get to hear it too often, but it's a good fight song. Yeah. I just always wonder if we should just play the Play It Again Rocky Top for Vanderbilt's fight song from the fraternity house. Um, S&P 500 in their May edition had Vanderbilt as the number 71 team in the country. Remember, S&P 500's ratings come from a combination of returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. And in terms of returning... Isn't the S&P 500 something that ranks businesses? Richard, you did Gallo this morning. S&P Plus. <laughs> you still got, you still got you know the what? political brain I can't, on. I can't say anything. You made it to 539 before a big slip on no sleep. I, I, I give you that one. S&P Plus, a mix of returning production, recruiting, and recent history. 
And in terms of returning production, head coach Clark Lee beginning his third season, 18 returning starters, nine on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, I've been hyping up Vanderbilt because they are not going to be they're not going to be your typical Vanderbilt. I think they're going to a bowl game. Hey, Athlon has picked four Vanderbilt players for their preseason All SEC squad. Will Shepard, the senior wide receiver, good player, sixty catches, seven hundred seventy six yards, and nine touchdowns last year. He was second team All SEC from the AP from last season. That's a good vote because the numbers don't like pop at you, but when you watch him, you can. He's a good player, really good. Had player. the game winning catch against Kentucky. Three games with multiple touchdown catches. C.J. Taylor. Junior safety, played in all 12 games, 59 tackles, 7 TFLs, interception, couple of fumbles returned for touchdowns, had 10 tackles against Florida. Bradley Ashmore, senior offensive lineman, started nine games, suffered a season-ending injury that caused him to miss a game for the first time in his career. 2022 did not allow a sack and he was flagged for three penalties and had the highest pro football focus pass block grade by a Commodore in the uh, on the season. And finally, their punter, Matthew Hayball. 59 punts last year for an average of 45.4 yards per punt. It's his first season. Second in the SEC, 11th nationally. He had a 65-yard punt and uh, was named a watch list member for the Ray Guy Award. Oh, yeah, and he forced a fumble at Alabama. So there you go. Yeah, Added a handful of guys via portal, too, defensively, a linebacker from Notre Dame, a linebacker, I think, from Michigan State, and two defensive linemen from Stanford. I I mean, things are kind of looking up for Clark Lee. As high up as they can look, the ceiling is incredibly low at Vanderbilt compared to their SEC counterparts. But we had the same conversation about Vanderbilt football that Haydad brought up about Missouri baseball. You know, are you trying to win? Like, what what are you doing? What What is even the purpose anymore? And I remember when Clark Lee got hired, a lot of people said the same thing. Oh, well, just there's just another guy that's going to come in and just kind of they they hired him because he's an alum and it's a coaching graveyard and in a few years they're going to fire him too and the cycle's just going to keep churning and churning and churning and suddenly you look at what he's done there and it's you see obvious progression and program building and again ceilings low, made, but, they've made one aggressive football hire hiring James Franklin away from Maryland was aggressive because he had already been named the coach in waiting but he was a little disgruntled because the Ralph Friesian thing wasn't coming to an end he took the Vanderbilt job won nine games in back-to-back years, parlayed it into Penn State. You know I'm not a fan of James Franklin, but the job he did coaching that team to win in a place that doesn't win was really impressive. They hosted college game day at Vanderbilt when James Franklin was the head coach. It happened. What was it, 5-0 and start, and they had Auburn coming in? Clark Lee is, was not as aggressive a hire as James Franklin, but it's starting to feel like it was a good hire. And and he had to eat a couple of gravel sandwiches. I just made that up instead of what we normally call them. But you know, it works. Had to take, it works. Had to take his lunch. You you understand what I'm saying? Here's the schedule. 
It's manageable, right? Manageable. Not easy. Manageable. Hawaii at home. Team they beat in the islands last year. Alabama A and M. All right, so they ought to be weak. they ought to be two and zero. They go to Wake Forest. Probably a loss. I mean, Probably without Hartman, that that maybe maybe we'll they could win. Is it. this kickoff time accurate? By the way, ten a.m. at Wake Forest. So eleven Eastern on the yes. ACC network. Is that accurate? I guess so. I don't know. I, I haven't fact checked it, but they've announced that they had start times for their first four games of the year, and they put it on there. So we'll see. Jeez. Um, at UNLV in Week Four, it's a winnable winnable game. Let's give them that one. So that's three and yeah. one. Kentucky coming to town, probably a loss. Three and two. What about Missouri? Last I mean, year, in this same spot, we looked at Florida like, ah, oh, no way, they're not beating Florida. Ah, oh, no way, they're they not beating Kentucky. Yeah. And then and then they did. Um, man, they had South Carolina on the ropes. I know it's tough in Columbia, but, man. They had them. I don't know. I mean, you, you guys are saying bowl team. I, I'm just, like, where? They can get to six. They can get to six. Well, that means they've got a split with Kentucky and Missouri. Think they'll do that? They won five a year ago with that, a loss to Wake Forest. Flip that game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are they going to win in Oxford against Ole Miss? Probably not. Probably not. Are they going to beat Auburn in Nashville? The, the path is winning all four conference games. Wake, we'll see what Wake Forest is without Sam Hartman. All right, so, so so they have to win their four non-conference games, and then which two are you giving them in the league? Missouri. Missouri and Kentucky and at home? One other. I don't know. I, mean, I think they can get one more, though. I mean, are you going to pick them at South Carolina? Are you going to pick them at Tennessee? Are you going to pick them at Ole Miss? Are you going to pick them against Georgia? No. None of those four. No. Are you going to pick them to beat Not Auburn at, at Florida? Home? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not going to pick them to win at Florida, but who knows? Florida... I think they're more likely to go to a bowl game than be the under on their win total. And that number is what? Three and a half? Well, yeah, but that's two very different things. Or four and a half. Forgive me. Four and a half. Okay. What was it? I don't remember. We've looked at a bunch of those win totals. So that's Vanderbilt. Like, uh, Like having a returning quarterback. Like having a nice weapon at wide receiver coming back? Yeah, it's three and a half. It is three and a half. So, yeah, I think Vanderbilt's more likely no, go over that to easy. go to a bowl yeah, game I like the than they are to hit the under. If you made yeah, me choose, I I'd choose six as opposed to three. Yeah, okay. I agree with that for sure. I really thought when you said S&P 500 and you're about to go into something about their endowment, I was just like, okay, we'll see where he goes with this. They got a bunch of money laying around that they're about to throw into sports. What's happening? They have a $3.2 billion university-wide capital campaign, and they have rolled the Vandy United campaign into the overall university funding campaign. I think that mm-hmm. gives it a better chance of getting done. And they got construction going on, right? They just rolled out the renderings for the baseball stadium. They are actively tearing apart their football stadium. you got nothing in either end zone. It's not going to be pretty this year. It's going to be good when it's all said and done. Vanderbilt's investing. 
and good for them for doing so. Finally, it was time. It was time to either invest or say, you know, it's just not worth it. And they're investing. Really close to the NCAA tournament in basketball last year with Jerry Stackhouse. So uh, it's good stuff. Good, good stuff going on at Vanderbilt. They are team number 89 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. If you are looking for a new car, truck, or SUV, especially if it's a Ford or a Toyota, I'd love to direct you to Oxford Ford, uh, excuse me, Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. They've got a really good selection right now. Family business. It's been in the family since the 1940s. They've been a Ford dealership since the early 1960s and in their current location since the early 80s. Belk Ford, they're going to treat you like family. Great selection of Ford F-150s. Got some Super Duties. Got some Explorers on the lot. I think there's a Bronco out there right now. And as good a selection of used cars as you will find anywhere in North Mississippi. You don't have to be from Oxford. Check them out online at BelkFord.net. Or the next time you're in Oxford, stop by and see them at Belk Ford Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Can you feel it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. So Southern Miss became just the 28th team since 1999 to win a regional without winning their opening game. 341 of the 368 regionals coming into this season, that's 93%, won their opening game in the current format, the four-team regionals that started in 1999. So only 27 times going back to 1999, had a team won a regional that didn't win its first game. Southern Miss makes number 28. Whew. Some heavy stuff. So Borky just tweeted about this, but uh, Indiana State has released a statement saying they will not be able to host their Super Regional and TCU will have to host. Some logistical issues. Yeah, Indiana State released a statement saying accommodations are not available in the community uh, because of the communities preparing to welcome the Indiana Special Olympics. And uh, the NCAA, in their infinite wisdom, will not find any other way instead of just throwing it to the other team that didn't earn it and playing it there. I mean, it could easily go to... Bloomington, South Bend, somewhere West Lafayette, and they got options, you know. Yeah, but but okay, yes, but this is not new news to Indiana State. They didn't put in a bid. I mean, if they knew they couldn't host, they didn't put a bid. And if you don't put in a bid, you shouldn't be allowed to bid for a regional. You shouldn't be allowed to host a regional if you can't host a super regional. I, I, I do. I, that, and that may be a lot because that doesn't make it, it sure. should be a situation where you, you're able to host both. Yeah, but you shouldn't be. Penalized. You may not have to host both. You you shouldn't be penalized by not being able to host a regional just because you can't host. The but next now look weekend. at this. This is just a this is just a bad situation. I mean, they're not even going to the one seed. I mean, TCU is the two seed there, 
And they're going to get to host a regional? They can't host, and so it's the other team's benefit. Weird stuff happens. Like, it stinks for Indiana State. They earned it, but if they can't do it, they can't do it. But I also don't like what the NCAA is doing either. So. But it's it's merit based, and TCU didn't earn it. Well, they won the regional that they played in, and they are able to host, so they did earn it. I'm talking about on the field. They won the regional that they played and so did, in. They earned and the heck so out of it. So did Indiana State. But they can't host. Okay, get, but but hold, okay. Let me let me throw this at you real quick. I, I'm not mad at you. I, I just let me throw this at you. Because remember earlier you talked about the geographical moving things around and how bad it looks? If you take Indiana State and you go stick it in Bloomington or Fort Wayne or something like that, it's not going to look good no, but for they, a super regional. But at least they earned it. They earned it their through their season. How far their a drive can that be? Indiana's a small state. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I couldn't I, I just so disagree with you guys. It's it's not TCU's fault that Indiana State can't host and didn't no, put in a bid. But it's it's not TCU's fault at all. And it's not the NCAA's responsibility to go find them somewhere to play. Isn't that exactly their responsibility? No, it's not. They're it's putting the on the turn job. The school hosts, they put the, they say, we want to host at our place. The NCAA doesn't require schools to bid on that. So once the, 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 the school says, we to. can't host the super regional, the NCAA should be like, okay, we need to find a spot because yeah. it's one of our top seeds. I disagree, though. I mean, if they are Man. able to host the regional, they earned that opportunity. They are giving up their opportunity to do it the next time. That's going to be to no. I'm saying benefit. they should they should be able the NCAA should be able to say, okay, look, we need to have a contingency plan in case they advance and and Arkansas doesn't, where we're going to put that super regional that does not involve giving it to a two seed. It's a two seed that won a regional. They gave themselves a chance. Uh, just, I mean, we we just very Richard much Cross, on this. White Knight for the NCAA as he has been all these years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! Uh, somebody said Kentucky uh, hosted with kids in dormitories. Yeah, they that did. Was not an ideal situation. Yeah. Hey, and and here's the thing: it was a great scene in Terre Haute this weekend. They did a phenomenal yeah job. It looked good. It sounded good. All that stuff was great. Yep. Southern Miss. All right, Richard. Third Super Regional, 2009-2022, and now 2023. Richard. Yes? Go home and go to bed. I, I got kids. I got Maybe eat a little dinner. A little while. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them we're hanging out in the bedroom. You can watch TV with me. When you see me fall asleep, say nothing. Just get out. Pretty good baseball on television tonight, too. Got to take in yeah, some of that. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I told you. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. Uh. Go be sleep. dead. I might be dead sooner, but uh, yeah. exactly. All right. Thanks exactly. for being with us, Gallo. At six in the morning, I'll talk to you then. In Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow afternoon at three. For Hayden and Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.